Welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. You know what? We got to get serious on him for a second, okay? We got we to have a serious, like, 15 to 20 to 30-minute conversation with can, the, the, the fine... Can we just ignore it? The fine viewers... The fine, the fine viewers, listeners. <laughs> the oh, fine yes. listeners. Look at him. He's a distinguished gentleman. He listens to our podcast. Yes. The <laughs> fine Victorian listeners of this very well-produced podcast that never makes a mistake in their entire lives. Never. <laughs> wow. No, but in, in all seriousness, we're, we're, we're going to get a little real here. Um, so last week, we talked about the Bad Batch, right? Yeah. And this week, we are going to talk about Dr. Afra, the Dr. Afra comic. Yeah. Which wasn't initially in our heads, our plan. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, just, just you know, to, to pull out of the jokey mode that we sometimes do in the in the beginning of the podcast, but... I feel as though that, you know, I've kind of hit a a weird point of fatigue with the comings and goings of the world, the comings and goings of everything that everybody has to deal with right now in regards to the the pandemic and, you know, just whatever, right? And, you know, last week we we were ready for the Bad Batch. And what we apparently did was we jumped in like a flipping DeLorean time machine, a DeLorean cross with Doctor Who's TARDIS and, you know, cross with Bill and Ted's phone booth and, you know, just went about a month in advance and somehow thought that April just didn't exist anymore. You know, it happens. Sometimes you just feel like you don't need a month. Well, you know what the, the the worst part of this is, is that we explained in the podcast like when this stuff was going to come out. Like, like I think way too many times. Well, I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure we said May the fourth, May the fourth, May you know whatever. I'm pretty sure we said that. I'm not going to go back and listen to it. Screw that. But I even asked you before the podcast, you want to do anything for May the fourth? You're like, no, I don't care about that. Plus, we have Bad Batch. <laughs> Well, and and by that, I mean I didn't want to specifically put anything out on May the 4th. I just wanted to roll with our normal schedule. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, obviously we would make mention of May the 4th, but just not specifically put out an episode on May the 4th, which falls on, what, a Tuesday, wasn't it? Tuesday, Wednesday? I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Calendar check. I'm not guessing. Yeah, I, I don't care. Uh, we need to learn how to use calendars anyway, yeah. so... Well, but the the problem was is we had both, and this isn't just me or just him. This wasn't like the dark side just taking over everything or the light side just being dumb. Sunday. It's a Sunday? <laughs> okay, yeah. well, there you go. See, I don't even remember. But we both somehow got it in our minds, like Mandela effect style, that right now, you know, it, it, it is Friday the 9th that we're recording this to drop on the following Monday. We had it in our heads that we were going to be talking about two episodes of The Bad Batch. 
And then I get this text from the Darth, and I've been so busy at work, I haven't even thought about anything outside of work. And I get this text, and he says, dude, like Bad Batch isn't even on Disney+. Plus. And I said, well, no, it wouldn't be on Disney+. Plus. It's not time. But then mm-hmm. I was like, we did expect to do that this weekend. <laughs> what the hell happened to us? You know, I think what happened with me is I had that moment of clarity because I've been sick, so I took yesterday and today off. And I was like, this is great. I'm going to work on my Pokedex a little bit. I'm going to start a (laughs) rewatch of all the Star Wars movie in the worst chronological order ever. My rewatches make no sense. And then I fish A New Hope. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start Bad Batch. You know, I know I got a day, but I'll maybe watch it twice. I start looking through Disney+. Plus. Start looking through the Star Wars section, get confused, start searching it, look up that there's only a trailer. I'm like, what's happening? What is this? Yeah. And like, I even questioned it when I texted you. It's like, am I about to sound like an idiot? Did we say we were going to do that? Am I supposed to be watching Rebels right now? Did I mess up? (laughs) Yeah. And that text, I think. What did you, Wednesday you text me or did you text me yesterday? It was yesterday. Yeah, so Thursday. And obviously, like our plan prior to last week's episode was to talk about Rebels Season 1 this week. Or no, that's not even true. It was supposed to be last week, but then we did Bad Batch and then Afra was supposed to be this week. So we are technically on schedule. schedule. (laughs) But we had sort of like, Anyway, it, it's it's it, whatever. But the the confusion was just um it was strange. And and again, you know, we we've pretty much steered clear of a lot of the, you know, the the pandemic-y stuff, you know. We've both done what we need to do to, you know, keep safe and all that good jazz and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been working from home since like late April, early May, you know, you've been doing your stuff and yeah, our um, shop's completely locked down up until, uh, last week. So we've been fairly isolated. Yeah. And you know, I really haven't, you know, had, you know, the going out and all that stuff. So, you know, the, the thing is, is it's not like we're, we're flipping about it, but I am tired of it. I, you know, I, I think I've reached that, that sort of point of just, um, uh, you know, too much, too much, Just like fatigue, right? And, and you know, time is going by quickly, and then it's you know things are just flashing by, and you know we've said it before. I was supposed to like be in different states and doing a bunch of stuff last year, and then we had a little bit of hope for this year, but it stills looking a little bit meh, and. uh you know, it kind of looks like we're just sort of losing basically two years to this. And, and again, like we both have a comprehension and an understanding of the why, but the human nature aspect of it says you're not built to live like this. Yeah. And, you know, again, like just, just completely spacing on such a small detail that we even detailed like we we did it like we knew and to still get it that wrong and put in our mind that 
like literally we advanced in time without actually advancing in time is kind of troubling to me. And yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is that like, it's, you know, we're not like stopping the podcast. We're not taking personal, <laughs> like, a, per- we need like a personal <laughs> leave or anything from the podcast. Cause I do enjoy having the conversations and conversations are great. You know, we usually talk a little while before we even start recording, but you know, I, I think, I think at some point we just need to get back to just what is actually normal and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of start realizing that, um, this just isn't how people are, are meant to live, you know, e- even yeah. for somebody who doesn't necessarily want to go out every day or do something every day. Um, you know, but there are definitely some, some drawbacks to what's going on now. So it, it was just such a strange thing to happen. Cause normally we're both pretty on the ball with this sort of stuff. Well, it's almost just like we were feeding off of each other. It's like, yeah, this is definitely happening. Should I question it? No, no, don't question the other person. No, we're, yeah. we're good. We're good. And it's, it's, it's pretty troubling for me how this has all been affecting me. And obviously again, our, our condolences to anyone listening to the podcast who's been affected by this. And we're not, we're not cold to it. We understand why we're doing this, but I just remember the other day I went into the gas station to pick up, ice and a few little things and i i have this bad habit of leaving my masks in my pockets i usually keep one in the car but then i ends up entering the house and then it's warm out i don't take my coat so i have no masks in my car i'm like i'm just gonna see if they let me usually they let me i walk in as soon as i walk in like sir you need you need a mask or you need to leave and just (laughs) this gas station is right down the road like five seconds from my house so the amount of mental exhaustion I felt at the concept of going back home to get a mask was kind of scary. Like this should not be affecting me this much at this point. Luckily there was someone nice enough to offer me, offer me a mask and whatnot, but it's just for something so little, it just should not be affecting my mental state that much. Yeah. And I mean that that's the thing is people talk about like new normals or, you know, getting used to it. But again, there is a point to where it's just not normal. It's not a new, it's not normal enough to be the new normal for anybody. And yeah, I mean, we, we talk about it and, and I think both philosophically we can both say, yeah, I mean, wearing a mask isn't a big deal. If, you know, if that's what we have to do, okay, it's not a big deal. But again, the realistic side of things, because we are not philosophical at all times, it does get exhausting at times. And I, I did there. I was um, I went to the, the comic shop and I, I <laughs> it was one of those things where I was at one place. I came out, put my mask in my back pocket and I, you know, I actually do make sure I have a couple in my truck, actually more for other people that might be around yeah. like just in case they need one. And I get to rummaging around like, well, crap. I mean, we're, I don't know, maybe it flew away or something. And I've increased the litter from all the people dropping their flipping mask. You know how much (laughs) litter there's been from masks? Just not just like the crappy ones or, or the, the medical ones, but like people's special ones that just fly out all over the place. Like how much litter that's been. Oh but, yeah, like a, around Christmas time when you had the massive snow piles in the oh Walmart God, parking yeah. lots, it's just littered with masks all around. Yeah, it 
Yeah, that I mean that honestly does kind of irritate me because it's just anyway, whatever. Um, but yeah, I was I was searching and I, and I did get another one, and then I get in there and I reach for my wallet, and it was there. Like the other mask was like in my back pocket near my <laughs> wallet, and I was like, "Oh God, this is so stupid," because you can't you can't continue to wear the same one like for days and days on end because then you increase certain aspects of like you know, bacterial, uh, buildup mm-hmm. on those things. And, you know, like in like worst case, you could potentially have like, there have been, uh, cases of like legionnaires and stuff like that. Um, which unfortunately, I don't know. I, you were a little young for it, but I remember firsthand what that did back mm-hmm. in the factory, you know, anyway, where our dad worked, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just been kind of fatigue and I see a lot of the people at work and, you know, we're, we're at the point where we have to start capacity planning to potentially bring people back in at some point. We don't have a date and it probably won't be anytime soon, but we have to start thinking about it. And, you know, when I checked with people and I was like, okay, so would you like to work from home or would you like to, you know, you know, as just a pulse check, cause we won't be able to bring everybody back in period. We don't have enough space. Right. But anyway, like there were a lot of people that were saying work from home and I, you know, I've talked to a lot of these people. It's like, yeah, I know you would prefer that, but you know, and I know if we're both honest about it, that you work better in the office. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and the, the other unfortunate thing is, especially for the businesses who have been able to transition work from home like ours, it's created a false security and a false norm for people where now instead of like the babysitters for their kids, uh, now instead of, you know, I don't know what else people would typically whatever plan for while going before going to work, commuting costs, true that, that Keeping is well. up on your vehicles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that sort of stuff has now gone out the window and they don't want to deal with it anymore, but that's a factor of life. And just because you can do something in our line of business, what we're doing is not secure. It's not, there are certain security risks that do come into play for work from home. And that's just a reality. And businesses have to figure out a way, you know, to deal with that. And one of the dealing with it is eventually we're going to have to be back home, period. But, or we're going to have to be back in the office, period. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, even in those sort of scenarios, there's even a false sense of comfort. And I'll tell you what. You know, generally I'm, I'm on quite a, quite a bit, but yeah, I like not driving home in the winter at night. Cause when I'd get off of work by that time, you know, it's already getting dark or it is dark. So it's nice to like, just be at home. And then I go out and take a walk while there's still some, some light out because it's not, I don't live right next to my work. I, I have a commute. You have like an extra hour and a half a day. Roughly no, it's it's not it's not quite that much. It, I mean, in the morning when there's no traffic, it's maybe thirty to forty minutes. At in the evening, depending on traffic, it could be forty five to an hour. But that's mm-hmm. that's on a bad day. So it's it it seems like it would be longer, but it's it's not. Um, it just depends on traffic. But yeah, I mean, it's still a commute though. It's still you know miles. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's just been hard on everybody, and I think I think um, in the era of trying to understand feelings of people, I think we have to understand both sides, the safety aspect 
And then the also the the fatigue aspect of all of this as well. Because it, you know, again, that particular scenario, we're normally on top of this sort of scheduling stuff. We've always been very detail oriented. That bothered me. And it really does. It, it that actually really did bother me and I had to pause to sort of think about that. It's like, have I been doing this with other things? Yeah. Anyway, so aside from obviously losing our flipping minds, how was your week? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's decent. I had a short week. I had a couple of days off due to a little bit of COVID going around. Now I'm just got cold. It's pretty simple. But um, yeah, getting to rewatch some Star Wars and take a little break. Obviously, my mind needs a little break, a little more <laughs> sleep maybe. So <laughs> it's an, it's been a nice reset for me. Good. What about you? Um, you know, it, it's it's been uh, it's been extremely busy. We are actually doing mm-hmm. some hiring, so I've been conducting some interviews of some severely underqualified people that I just don't <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been something. Uh, but yeah, it's just another week, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just another week. I feel like our how's your week been segment lately has been kind of dry. Just that time of year, nothing's really going on except for the boring stuff. No one wants to hear about work. So yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, we're not we're not really doing anything at this point. It's all just kind of um, kind of the the sort of the same. You know, I'm ramping up some house projects and so forth again. Now that I have some warmer weather to deal with. Oh yeah, how'd your projects last week go? You get them all done? Oh no, no, I I only got <laughs> I got I got a handful of things done, which was which was good. Um, you know, paints basically bought. I need to get a few more uh, little odds and ends to. I mean, this is all really boring, I suppose, but you know, I, I'm redoing all these cabinets. But the problem is, is when the previous person that owned the house. Um, put these two or this large um, piece of hardware to open the cabinets with. And the issue is, is they drilled two holes and they're pretty big holes. Um, so I'm going to have to fill those holes. So I need to get some dowels to fill and then some wood filler. And then I'm going to have to wait for that to set and sand. Mm-hmm. And there's still going to be two holes in it. And then it's where bug I the crap out of you, <laughs> well, it's not going to be fun, but where I'm putting the hardware is further down. So I'm not even using one of the existing holes. And you might be saying, well, why don't you just get new cabinets? Why the hell would I do that? <laughs> I mean, why would I want to pay more money Clearly, for that, man? If you're willing to put this kind of work in, that's the last option for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not buying all new cabinets. Uh, you know, they're, they're getting they're getting uh, refinished and you know it's just gonna have to be okay for potentially the next person once I sell this house down the road because this isn't like forever home or anything. But yeah, that was uh, that was that. So yep, there's always there's always something to do and you know <laughs> I don't know, not much mm-hmm. else, man, not much else. So. I suppose we've probably yacked about long enough there. Um, we'll talk a little bit about some new 
Star Wars stuff, get your reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And then we will roll into the first, um, what was it, eight? <laughs> eight issues? Yeah, eight. Yeah, eight issues of the Dr. Afra comic uh, and kind of roll through some of those. But, hey, man, y- you know what happened this week? What? Apparently Disney has a real lightsaber. Oh, do they? Yeah, but they didn't show anybody. Well, that was kind of rude. So here, here's here's kind of here's the scoop. <laughs> I was about to try and go into like a news anchor voice. You know, I hate how news people talk. Well, imagine being them. Imagine doing that for a living. <laughs> At one point, you know, there was this. Uh, I believe it was called like. What was it the transatlantic accent or something that movie stars used to use in like the golden age of movies? Mm-hmm. You know, that that weird enunciation that you you always like equate to like 30s gangsters and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. just that that way of speaking. And it was really over enunciated and everything, but it was like, you know, so that people could really catch everything. And um I don't know, the news people, they just it just do bother me the way. Anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So anyway, there's a real lightsaber, <laughs> but I, I think "real" is more of a quotative term because essentially what is being kind of thought about is this is this is like a, a park thing or or the for the hotel I guess, and it is a extendable retractable lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So, so it has the blade potentially like in two parts concealed in the hilt with a mechanism to extend it. Now, the way I so think about this. You don't just have this, to swing it to extend it like an idiot. <laughs> well, like the old, yeah, the old toys that mm-hmm. we had. Yeah, that's the, that's the point. My only thought process is that's going to make the handle pretty big because when mm-hmm. you think about it, I, I think most of like like normal blades are are what like thirty two to thirty six inches. Mm-hmm. So in two halves, uh, you're you're gonna potentially have like six. You're you're gonna have to have it potentially sixteen to twenty inches. Which is kind of getting into that dual blade category. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I, I don't. Well, whatever. I just. I don't know, man. I don't think that that. I, How's I just, it going to look with doubts. the segment, though? I mean, is it going to be really defined? Is it going to be kind of washed out when it's glowing? Or well, I mean, you would be able just to colored? see. You would have to be able to see the seam between the two segments. I mean, it, mm-hmm. th- I, I don't think that's a av- that's avoidable. Um, I know, like on. I've seen on TikTok, there's this advertisement all the time for this Amazon toy that's like a extendable staff that's like, it fits in the palm of your hand, and then you you hit a button and it just extends, and the seams actually are really decent mm-hmm. on those, but it's extremely, extremely small segments, and I feel like that might be the way to go with that. Well, Maybe yeah. do like aluminum or something. and Yeah, well, I mean, the only thing that I was thinking is like, so if you wanted to keep the hilt a little bit shorter, yeah, you do shorter segments, but then again, it's going to be seams. And then like, well, okay, so let's continue down this engineering roadmap because we clearly went to engineering school and are total engineers. Yeah. 
for sure. That's why I'm a mechanic because I have engineering training. <laughs> well, for my first question is how does it extend? Does it extend through the outside of the blade or the inside? Is there a mechanism inside of the actual tube extending it or is it on the outside like rolling it up? Right. But then, okay, again, so my thought process is how do your segments, how does the inner segment, if it is inside of the segment, which is what it would have to be, how does that inner segment extend if the, right. if, if the mechanism is on the outside? It would have to be somehow in, in the inside of the, the tube, like the saber tube to do that, right? Right. And I don't know, the, to me, the logical way to do it, which kind of breaks down with the length of the blade, is more like a switchblade. You know, you have something affixed that is the actual spring load mechanism that moves the blade up and down. And what I would imagine would be like a spring loaded rod that's connected to the very last segment. So it pulls that, and then it's got a cone that as it pulls it back in, it grabs every other segment. But then you're kind of dealing with a length issue with the hilt. <laughs> that's Unless what she said. that rod is then segmented as well. The I j- I just had another thought. It, do, you, you remember like the, the original Sabres, like they had basically like the antenna going up. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually what I was sort of thinking about. So you would have like now, I'm thinking about it. So you have like a centralized antenna that's mechanized, right? And, mm-hmm. then, and then an outer tube. So potentially that could actually be pretty structurally sound because you have like mm-hmm. maybe an aluminum extendable and then that extends up the 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 whatever uh poly blade that makes more sense right and then you could put your light right. strips on that extending mechanism and then have the the fade effect as it goes up yeah that makes turning more on sense. as yeah that would be kind of cool dude we're total engineers man we work through that problem like flipping pros i <laughs> took disney from the moment they bought out star wars and we figured it out in like <laughs> 10 seconds no i mean seriously disney that- checks man i'm telling you those disney <laughs> checks need to start rolling yeah, but I'm still just thinking about the, the the poly, you know, whatever the poly blade though, the the actual like part that you're gonna see. I just don't see how that would look good. I don't see how it would look any different from those stupid extendable ones that we used to have as a kid. You're gonna see the segments, man. Unfortunately, if you want a nice, nice, really nice lightsaber, it has to be one fixed blade, and you have to thread it on. But I get. For someone who's not as worried about the aesthetics, the actual action of doing that would be really cool, especially if they incorporate something into the park where you'd be using your lightsaber constantly, you know, have a little bit a battle room or almost like a laser tag style of thing. Which a side note, Ezra's lightsaber would be amazing for laser tag. That'd be pretty sweet. Have little battles (laughs) in between. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Is it cool? Like, I mean, is it? Is it cool? Do you think that's actually going to be cool? I guess I would have to see it. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like it takes away from all the time you put into making your actual hilt look amazing, you know, putting all that time into all your components, and then you just have that janky thing. I would, I would want it to be optional. And... Honestly, when you think about it, if that was optional and then I decided, okay, instead of the telescoping, I want a full piece threaded on 
poly, that extendable mechanism on the inside, if it has the light strips like you were saying, that still would serve a purpose because then you would have your fade in effect as it's turning on and turning off. Yeah. So, I mean, it would still be functional in a way, but it, it's not It's not my go-to, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, but as a kid, did we care, truthfully? Well, I guess no, it's as more a, for as them. A, as a kid, we don't care. So there is like, um, I was I, I was trying to look for this this stupid thing. So there is a, I don't know, this like con- potentially conceptual model uh, or drawing that, I mean, who knows? It, it's apparently a patent. It probably isn't the Disney one, but it, it could be something mm-hmm. that's kind of showing this off. And it's got like a, it's got like a segment. And okay, so this is why I started thinking about rollers, because in this in this whatever drawing, there's like a a bike chain kind of spoky mechanism with a couple of rollers in it. And mm-hmm. I think I think that this does sort of like lend more credence to my um, you know telescoping like metal center mm-hmm. with a potential poly outer. Because again, in order to in order to extend the poly section of this, you're gonna have to have something either sent in the center or some way to get both seg- segments. But anyway, I, I, dude, I don't know. The other thing too the only is other like thing I could think of to deal with the seam. I don't know how well this would work, but like if you sliced little strips on the second section. And then you would have something that would expand just enough for those to be expanded out mm-hmm. to be the same diameter as the lower section. But then you have seams either way. Dude, so, I think that the, I don't know, man, for a toy. That would be an expensive lightsaber at that point. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. I think they've done a really good job with the park sabers. Obviously, you know, we want park sabers. Mm-hmm. But... This is some big brain stuff that I'm probably not qualified to speak about, but I thought it was interesting. And truthfully, maybe if your light source is strong enough, maybe you don't notice the seams as much. It's only when it's off. Who knows? Mm-hmm. The stuff we grew up with wasn't all that nice. We didn't have high-intensity LEDs or anything like that. No, ours kind of, yeah, they were sucky. Yeah. <laughs> Sound effects were terrible. <laughs> yeah. No doubt, man. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it all comes out. Um, the other thing is that I haven't, I'll be honest, I really haven't read a ton of this, but we do have, you know, some new kind of news here for this war of the bounty hunters kind of crossover, which is supposed to kick off with, you know, I guess, you know, like a main comic and then sort of break through the Vader bounty hunters, Dr. Afra, and the main Star Wars comic line in July. And I guess this is kind of centered around Boba Fett and his precious cargo being potentially Han Solo. Hmm. Yeah. 
So do you think it's going to kind of cross over into every comic and we'll see it in the other, like, we'll see this within the mainline series and the Vader series as we go along, or... Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it's supposed to be. It's just crossing over through all the comics. Like, the story just continues on through, you know, being told through the comics. Hmm. And, I, and I assume that the... I'm as, and again, you guys have probably read more about this than I have. I, I'll be honest. It, it'll be interesting when we see it, maybe. But it, it kind of looks like we're going to get this. Again, it's, it's after Boba takes possession of Solo's car, Solo and Carbonite. So we're assuming that this mm-hmm. is kind of the story of him getting to Jabba's Palace before right. episode six. So... I don't know. Is that cool? Is that a story we need to tell or embellish? I guess we should say. Well, I guess you kind of have to bring up other things that we've embellished in the comics, like Luke getting his lightsaber back. I mean, yes, it was more of a plot hole than this was, but (laughs) (laughs) was it something we really needed? It was cool though. Honestly. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it could be interesting. We'll see. And, yeah. and it is kind of cool that it's, it's, you know, doing this crossover with all the, with all the different comics and, you know, kind of bleeding into all these mini universes. So, I'm, I mean, it, it could be interesting. It's more, more literature, you know. And it's something that isn't centered around High Republic. So it's good to know that we're not just completely ignoring oh, everything dude. else. Oh, dude, you <laughs> said the magic word, man. High Republic. Oh, yeah. yeah we're going to sure talk about some High Republic. Some point today oh we're gonna talk about it here in a few don't you worry about that why Uh, why do you have almost the real avaros voice going on there for a second (laughs) hey man sometimes you gotta been too long sometimes you just gotta break out that real avaros you know the really bad southern accent (laughs) the space southern accent man (laughs) is it bad that i kind of wish at some point they would have like spliced him into clone wars the animated series Just like go back, like like George always loves to do with the movies. Just like let's add Rail in this scene and have him make some comments. Just a little sprinkle of Rail all around. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean, why not, man? Why not? Ah, oh, good times. <coughs> well, I I think we're that's that's fine for uh, for for Star Wars news at the for right now. Unless you want to talk about an epic theory by one of our favorite YouTubers. Yes, because you love your theories. Go ahead. What is it? <laughs> no, I don't give a crap. It's stupid. It's totally fake. But what if I told you? <laughs> what if I told <sighs> you that we had something, some like a movie? based around an all-new character that we have never seen before. You've already lost me. (laughs) But what if I told you that this character that you've never seen before has a connection... there from the beginning. (laughs) No, has a connection to a character that we're well acquainted with. Well, it would kind of stand to reason. I mean, we've never really had that happen where they're not tied into someone else. I mean, look at Ray. Okay, well, what if I told you that this character was a child? The child? 
No. Just a child. At some point, I would assume they would have been a child. Okay. Okay, so what if I told you that this child... <laughs> no, in all seriousness, not to drag <laughs> this out. It's a stupid theory. I'm not even going to mention the YouTuber because it's just clickbait bullcrap, and it's the same stuff over and over again. But as I was you know, going around for, um, for uh, news... And it, I'm not even going to mention the website either because it's another clickbait website that's always wrong. But basically, it was a story about like a potential new movie about a child of Ray. Why? Why would we need that? Hey, man, why not? Force impregnation, bro. I mean, it happened. Oh, Old- what was it? Is it a Raylo baby? Why not, dude? No, why not, dude? You know, just just how it goes, bro. He he learned how to manipulate midichlorians just like whoever did that with Anakin, you know. I passed away into the force and then <laughs> I did essence transfer and then <laughs> All right, I'm done. It's a bunch of bull crap. I just thought it was funny. All right, man. You ready to get into some Dr. Afra? Sure. So full full disclosure, I'm not well versed at all in Doctor Afra. Me, yeah, neither of us are, and I don't um, feel like we can really go based off of our audio drama very much. Right, we did cover the audio drama, which, if I remember correctly, I think we were both okay about for most of it, but then the ending yeah. was kind of a little bit meh. Was that? I think. Am I remembering? I think the big right? thing with the audio drama is we just kind of got tired of the inflections and how she talked, and we don't have that problem here as much. But yes, the ending did kind of get bleh from a writing standpoint. Well, if I remember, you know, they, it was just kind of like always the step ahead and like the, mm-hmm. oh, that was the thing where she lined, she was being pushed out of the airlock by Vader, but she was like lined with credits and somehow that yes. saved her from the vacuum of space. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and they were kind of nerfing Han Solo a bit in there as well. With yeah. the bees. It yeah. wasn't like bees nests. Yeah, something like that. I think we made a reference to uh, the bees, not the bees. <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> yes, Nicolas Cage. What a fantastic actor. I do like Nick Cage movies. National yeah. treasures are national treasures. That's right. <laughs> Gone 60 Seconds. That was a good movie, too. I like that movie. All right. But, you know, I read a little bit of the first series of the comics, which I think was 75 issues, but I I was just Mm -hmm. never, I just never got onto it. And I am not one of those people who like to go back at all times. I kind of like to start things fresh. I'm just weird like that. But anyway, and 75 issues is way too much. But I was a big undertaking. Yeah. That's why we're doing this instead of going back and reviewing those. This is manageable. (laughs) <laughs> true, true that. Um, so this series started uh, in May of 2020. It had some, um, it had some delays, obviously due to COVID. Most comics did at that time, but you know we were going back and kind of re, not rehashing, but restarting essentially Afra, and uh, sort of like post working with Vader, basically. And I don't know. I mean, Afra is an interesting character, archaeologist, but mm-hmm. also quirky, very per- quirky personality. I, I was going to say potentially insane. No, just yeah, yeah, a little bit. 
No, she, she is. She's got a very quirky, offbeat, you know, sense of humor. Um, Definitely not, a sociopath. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, really could turn on a dime, um, but very smart and usually, usually pretty well planned. You know what I mean? She, she usually has a plan mm-hmm. for things. Um, but is is kind of in an almost a constant struggle to survive. <laughs> yeah. <Because laughs> Even her friends plan, turn on her. I would say every plan requires turning on one friend and then getting another one to help and then down the line doing the exact same thing with that friend that helped and then turning on them. So Yeah. Yeah. No She's doubt. never safe. Which is entertaining to an extent. It does get a little exhausting, but she is what I would call probably like one of the, you know, just a, a perfect comic book character. Yeah. Yeah. I would not want to watch a TV show about her. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I wouldn't want to see a movie, but no. I could see I could see how you could model a television show because comics, I feel that comic book characters do lend pretty well to television just because of the sort of very quick an almost episodic nature of a comic. So I, I'm not saying that it would be the best thing in the world. It, it would really depend on the, the actress that you hire to play the Afra. Yeah. That'd but be I 90% could, of it. Truthfully. Yeah, it, it really would. I mean, they'd have to be, they just have to really live the role. But I think that, um, I think that it would, I don't know. I don't think everybody would be on board necessarily. I, I guess I could see if they did a Monster of the Week, only Archaeological Dig of the Week, Crazy Adventure. I could see watching it for a little bit. It's just when you get into everything with Vader and these big organizations, yeah. that wouldn't lend to a TV show very well. But they definitely could dumb it down. They could do more of a Mandalorian style with it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know, man. It it would it could be interesting, but you know, obviously we're we're in comic form. We've had the audio drama. I, I mean, I think if I remember correctly, I think that there was some talk about some uh, like maybe a, a movie with Afra at, at one point. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. It it's fine. But anyway, so we have um, again the first eight issues of our comic. Uh, we do have Afro Nine coming out on the twenty first of this month, and then uh, basically, you know, kind of like a one a month for the next couple mm-hmm. months. Um, there was quite a, a delay from like <laughs> the release schedule. Sometimes it is what it is, but you know, we had like November, and then it wasn't until like the end of January that we saw anything, and then it wasn't until the end of March. And anyway, which is weird because I think. It kind of just shows how delayed they were. I think the timeline that this started was around the same as like Vader and all yeah. the rest. Yeah. And we had 10 issues of those by the time we went through it and we're still only on eight here. So it, it really right. damaged the series quite a bit. No, yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of those dropped at the same time. Vader, the mm-hmm. reboot, Star Wars line, Bounty Hunters and Afra. Um, and th- just before we really start jumping in, in the issues, um, we will be making sure to catch up on the comics because I think we want to make that a more segmentary thing for the shows going forward. Yeah, to like try a and variety keep hour almost. Right. So just for your everybody's information as far as uh, you know our schedule and what we're going to be doing, uh, it won't be Bad Batch next week. <laughs> we fact-checked for this one. We did. <laughs> so in our next episode, we're going to work through Rebel Season 1. 
get into New Jedi Order uh, after that. Start pumping in some of the High Republic because we have two mm-hmm. back issues of that to talk about. Then after that, we will be catching up with Bounty Hunters. After that, then at that point, we'll be hitting Bad Batch. And then finally, we'll probably have a joint app episode between Bad Batch and then Thrawn Greater Good. Because mm-hmm. I don't really want to push that off too long. Uh, but we're going to have to push it back you know, about two weeks from its release date. So that's sort of what we're going to be looking into. So you guys, if you want to view or read along with us and so forth before we get the episodes, you're more than welcome. Because we do spoilers. Never do it. No, we don't. All right, my man. Let's go ahead and pop into into issue one here. Um, I I guess let's let's ask this because we never we we talk about it vaguely, but out of the eight issues, what was your favorite cover? Um, I believe. Let me just double check here. I have it on my phone from Comicsology. While you're looking, I would I would have to say. My favorite would have to be three. Three? The yeah. the shattered like mirror thing? Yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty sick. I personally like uh issue four. I think that that's 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 my favorite one. Four is pretty cool. That's a that's a pretty sick Got cover. Got like a Lord of the Rings cover almost. Yeah. <laughs> I also have to say though, I gotta give a shout out to issue eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah with afra's Just kind of dopey <laughs> well the thing is is like y- you know and this doesn't <clears throat> to address a little bit of the way that men and women are indeed looked at differently when when men make goofy faces a lot of times it's laughed at but when women make goofy faces a lot of people view that as like ew ew don't do that yeah. I actually do think that it was a really kind of it was it was a good it was a good design here because the cover for for eight is like it's like a scared face with like a scrunched mm-hmm. scared face. You get a little bit of the double chin, but honestly, like from from the things I know about Afro and from what I've heard, it's like such a perfect face for her. You know, they're running away right. from an explosion. It's like one of those oh crap faces, and I, I just what I remember getting it. I was like. That's like the perfect cover. That's right. a perfect cover for the series. So again, four is my favorite, but eight honestly is is really good. I really like eight. Yeah. And actually, another honorable mention that you won't see in this is uh, the preview for nine. If you look at that at yeah. the end of mm-hmm. eight, that's kind of funny. She's got like a a kind of half insane, half dopey uh, little cover where she's being shot at, just looking at one of the rings. Yeah. Yeah, that that is that it's is even, kind of. I'm cool. sorry, it's like some kind of spear. It's not even the ring. Yeah, yeah that 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 is good. That is a good cover as well. I definitely agree with you there. So anyway, let's rock into into issue one here. So these are again sort of split up into various story groups. So this first story group is issues one through five, called Fortunes of Fate. Then we have six through nine, the engine job, and then finally ten through twelve, war of the bounty hunters. Um, we're not, you know, I haven't really looked up too much about where this series is going to go. I assume it'll be more than twelve issues, but that's what they have currently up right now. Um, so again, th- this sort of storyline between issues one through five is essentially centered around the rings of power. Yes. 
I wonder if at first nine like, rings right, we're gonna do were one gifted to the power. races of no, men. We, no, seven we can't to do the one dwarf ring. lords who dug down whatever. I can't remember the dialogue from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Three to the elven lords, fair and all that good stuff, and then and one two ring to a to a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> but all of them were deceived. <laughs> I wonder when they were doing the storyboard for this. Like, all right, we're going to have a ring of power. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> a ring of power. You better make that, too, so we don't get sued. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> well, okay, so the, the premise is, is that there are these two rings. One potentially grants immortality, but has the side effect of driving you mad. And then the other ring gives you endless force for fortune, but... It kills you quickly. Yeah, but kills you quicker. And if you have both, you get both. And I don't know if the which side is, effects go away. Which is odd to me because, like, the ring of eternal life takes away the after effect of the ring of fortune. But the ring of fortune doesn't fix the insanity. So I just kind of wonder how they rationalize that away. I Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that, that I really... Um, I guess I didn't really understand that as much. But anyway, uh, we start our comic with uh, with Afra's crew doing a little job here, making some money. But we get the we get the impression that it's been hard because like Vader is I mean, they're actively after her. The Empire is mm-hmm. actively after her. And then they are confronted by a, uh, a student, uh, Deta Yao who is a grad student at the college or whatever university, whatever you want to space, space college uh, that Afra went to. And, uh, you know, she's buttering up Afra. Oh yeah. You know, I took one of your classes. It was super sick, you know? And then she shows the rings of power and they kind of make a deal in order Did to Did you think at this point she was going to betray her? Well, it, it's, it's getting a little bit into the future here, but I didn't have uh, a huge, um, Huge amount of confidence in her, <laughs> to mm. be honest with you. Uh, and then we wind up, we meet another character here, and uh, Professor Oka. What was her first name? Oh, for Pete's sake. <sighs> Come on, man. You're the name guy. You're supposed to have all the names. Uh, Sorry, I, I got stuck on the. Eustachia? I'm trying to find it. I think it's like Eustachia Eustachia, Oka. Very interesting name. And this, of course, is one of Dr. Afra's like former girlfriends, you know, at the college because she was. Which I kind of, I tried to look back. It's like, is this the girlfriend from the audio drama? I don't believe it is. No, it wasn't. So that was Sana Staros, which we do see later. Yeah. Now, we also have a kind of a third party here. that is also after the the rings of power from the the tag like family basically and we have some some thugs (laughs) some hired thugs you know good old with with really lame suits (laughs) yeah they are kind of lame but they are effectively tasked to bring uh the doctor uh oka with them and to retrieve the ring. Now, Dita here, she's got like a <laughs> an interesting little like poison uh, Wolverine claw. See, I was thinking Baraka. 
Honestly. Oh yeah, Baraka. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that is totally a Baraka thing. What a what a disgusting character Baraka was. Yeah. Anyway. So. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I when she started like using like dirty poisoning tactics, that's when I started to have some some concerns. Like, put that's it even that weird way. for Afra and like a little bit. Yeah, it's like it's straight killing. Um. I, I do I did think it was kind of interesting here. Uh the doctor's sort of like her 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 little figurine she plays with to get these yeah. like automatons to attack the thug group. <laughs> like what what is that, man? Why did you have that on you randomly? Like, I mean what it, were you getting ready to do? It's hilarious because I mean I, I think the whole thing is she's picking it up and then they I don't know, maybe they're trying to protect this little little idol, but it kind of looks like at first glance without reading anything, like she's tapping it on, like playing like, like a little, like a little doll or something. Almost. So that stops our thugs a little bit here. And then we sort of get the plan uh, that our group of superheroes are are going to uh, go find these rings at, uh, let's see, what was the city? It was a planet, uh, Danith. And, Effectively, it looks like you know these rings had influenced this entire society, and they effectively went mad mm-hmm. from the power. Dianth was uh, yeah, yeah, Dianth, yeah, yeah, and and that's kind of where we leave them. They're they're heading that way. Well, we meet our Ronin. I, I'm I'm gonna stick with tag. Or is that what I mean? Taggy? Do we want to pronounce the e like home home depot or do, you know what what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know why, but that's how I pronounced it reading the comics. What, Taggy? Did you pronounce it Taggy? I'm going to say Tag. I don't know, Tag. Um, But anyway, we we get this, we get kind of our villain for a little while who likes rare art, but he also likes to be the last person to touch it. Yes, he's our uh, low-class Drosk. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. You know, I guess it's it's interesting in a way. You, you are the last person to experience this exquisite treasure, but then he burns it. Yeah. Like he incinerates what he, the you know, whatever, rare pieces. And we kind of see him with a couple of artists and he, he burns two pieces of art. Yeah. Weren't you kind of questioning that at first? Like, why wouldn't? Whether good is he gonna kill the artist that he likes the art from or something? Like yeah, why are they that's, so obsessed with their art being the one that's bad? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I kind of had that thought too, but he didn't. He just burned the art. So there you go. In issue two, we get a little bit of a flashback uh, for Afra and um, God, I've already forgotten her name. Eustasia. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're actually in the very beginning of the comic, so P- Professor Oka, and you know again we get this little flashback to their sort of relationship at the university, Afra being Afra, falling asleep in class, but th- they do seem like they definitely had a thing, and I think one of the things we didn't necessarily resolve, like we sort of got with Staros, was kind of what happened to them. Mm-hmm. The the only thing that I would probably say is that she probably moved on to Staros, and that's right. probably the end of that. I would assume. 
Yeah, that's all I can imagine. Clearly, they had a little time together because he, she even recognized the droid and was excited to see it and everything. So yeah, yeah. So well, anyway, it is what it is. Well, as we go into our second issue, we do get a message from old Tag, and he kind of recorded wa- message, right? Uh, true. Right. Yes, pre-recorded <laughs> message uh, that sliced through one of the droids. <laughs> And he basically gives him a warning. It's like, if you're going to go against me, you'll regret it, basically. Classic evil villain stuff. Well, of course they are. And then we get the story about Afra because she's always connected to everybody. And yeah, basically... I, w- I, I, I did some dealings with these people. They're kind of crappy. Yeah. Well, she did a job, but doesn't want to see this stuff like destroy. I think that he was going to destroy something like that. Yeah, Coral. Yeah. From uh, Alderaan. It was like a rare piece of coral Mm -hmm. from Alderaan. So instead of letting him destroy stuff, she basically stole all of his stuff. And he had to rebuy it on the black market. Yeah. And I love like right after that panel, there's another one where she's like sitting on a bench, waving, just explaining the story. It's like, that's just classic Afro right there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we, we um, we haven't identified kind of another character here. We have Lucky Just... Lucky. Just lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's kind Just of like the villain. Well, he's kind <laughs> of like our sniper, you know. Mm-hmm. We also have uh uh old black K. Yeah, uh Chrysanthemum. Black Chrysant Chrysan Chrysan whatever. Crustacean Chrysanthemum, yeah. I'm black sorry. Chrysanthemum. We'll just call it we'll just call him Big K for now. But the Wookiee that we had in the audio drama. Mm-hmm. Um, once we sort of get to, to Danith and, and get into the city, we see all of these, like almost like living walls with faces in them. And the team here starts to react in different ways. Lucky starts hearing a high pitched sound. Um, data starts to like, she sees the walls move and it seems like, seems like there's something going on here. Or they're hallucinating. They all had mushrooms. Yeah. Bad mushrooms. Space mushrooms. Yes. So we eventually make our way into the ruins, and this is sort of where we start to get references to the High Republic, okay? Which yeah. is going to be fairly central. You know, digs the High Republic, the Nye Hill, the Nye Hill's travel. Um, so again, we're, we're like really trying very hard to tie into the High Republic, which yeah. is fine but it It just slightly annoyed me slightly didn't because out of all these series we're going through it makes sense for them to be referenced in this because she would be interested in that time period as an archaeologist it makes more sense than the main series you know leia and lando randomly having a conversation about the nihil when we saw them in so many movies and they never mentioned them once yeah and this is this is unfortunately something that does come up and i think it's valid most people don't have any any problem with inclusion of of really anything, but when you come at it with such a heavy hand, mm-hmm. it's sometimes just you know it's like oh yeah it's like saying the movie title in a movie, you know yeah we yeah. were all in a clear and present danger, you know. Well, and the problem is we're we're making such a big deal about the High Republic before we realize why we care about the High Republic. 
Because we don't have enough content out yet to be like, oh, yeah, this was the most amazing time. This is bigger than the Old Republic. You know, we had so many amazing characters and abilities and stories and sagas. No, we know next to nothing about it, and it's just being shoved down our throat. <laughs> uh, yeah, correct. And actually, you know, as you were talking, I was... Um I was actually trying to to think about the release date of our first High Republic book. So here's the thing. Afra was starting to be launched in 2020. The High Republic didn't start coming out until this year. Right. So we essentially almost had a full year before we started even really reading about the High Republic and having that buy-in. So to have all that, I mean, now we're reading all these again, and it's not a big deal because we've read some High Republic books. But you have to factor in the delays and everything. We probably would have had even more content about. I would assume the next few episodes are going to, or the next few issues are going to mention more about the High Republic. So we would have had a ridiculous amount mentioning the the series that we know nothing about for almost a year. It's true. It's true. So let's continue because we're still in issue issue two. Um, we wind up going into the fabled workshop of the architects of architects the, architects the of the dwarven workshop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and there's there's this you know picture on the ground with oh hey look two rings. I wonder what we're gonna find. Eventually we get to a large door. You know, the hallucinations start getting crazier. We have, like, some zombie guy on the floor, which Afra mm-hmm. just, you know, waste, wasted. <laughs> the hallucinations are getting a little bit worse for everybody. And, uh, you know, it, it's it, we're not getting the rationale yet, but we are starting to see that there's something very wrong. And then... The floor collapses. Yeah. <laughs> and basically half of our team is kind of plummeted. Uh, Afra is sort of saved from this by, by Dita. And then they're, you know, pretty much held hostage by our hired thugs. How convenient. They're just right there. That's right. And in issue three, we start to question that. Mm-hmm. Seems like there might be some sort of spy in our midst. A spy? Yes, a spy. Yes. Well, anyway, our thugs apparently aren't very, like, intimidating thugs because it, we're going to beat it out of you, Afra. No, hey, get us the rings now. We've got guns, I guess. And then they're, like, infighting on how to deal with her and everything, and Dita's just off flirting with one of them. It's just, you guys aren't very well organized, are you? No, it, well, the thing is, is they're like they're like the worst thugs in the world because one, they actually kind of make a deal with Afra right. to have her effectively get the ring for like Back a held a gunpoint. Yeah, well, and, and yeah, the thing is, is like yeah, we'll get it for I'll get it for you for like a piece of the whatever the price, right? And uh, the professor, Lucky, and old Big K. They do survive, and they kind of hear the talking, and they're like, oh, geez, she's selling us out. That's so Afra and everything. <laughs> and we also start to see some of the booby traps because our thugs mm-hmm. are stupid. They're not Very. only soft, but they're stupid. We get one that's just basically, I don't know, what would you say, incinerated maybe? Yeah, bas- well, he's 
He's not quite incinerated. You see the body, but he's like toasted. Toasted, yeah. Just lightly. I mean, this is like, what, setting six on the toaster? Yeah, I mean, like just a a little (laughs) bit of brown. Just throw a little butter on there right away because otherwise it's not going to melt. That's true. Yeah, and and Dita, she she does ham it up. Like she hams it up to everybody, and that's, you know, kind of her thing. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, there's like hands. Yeah. There's like mechanical hands that come up through the floor like Zelda and or no Mario, excuse me. I was thinking of <laughs> I was thinking of Mario 64 with the hands. You remember the mm-hmm. hands that you fight in like the the whatever sand level. Um and the hands like take care of the thugs, but they don't really kill them because we see them later. And then there's zombies, but not really zombies. And then there's two different rooms. Did this one confuse you at all? Yeah, a little bit, honestly. It's like the way that they're setting up the rooms. Like, is this like one of those as above, so below things where like they're inter, like they're intersecting right in the middle, and then something's weird. The something really weird is going to happen when they get there. It's like no, just right. one of the rings is missing. So that's cool. Yeah, exactly. So basically, there are two rooms. Um, and the professor and Lucky and Big K get, they actually find one of the rings. However, in the room that Afra and Dita go into, there's nothing there. There's like a display case with nothing in it. At this point, a display Afra, case way too big for a ring, by the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a super display case, like a sword or something should go in there. But Afra does start to call out Dita on her BS, essentially. She's mm-hmm. like, you know, listen. You kind of remind me of me, you know, we had a hard time at the college and stuff and like you're trying to prove your point and you know, you're you're hamming it up a little bit trying to get your way and I get your game. We obviously don't trust each other. And then, hey, everybody's back together again and Dita just goes like, "Oh, professor, you're my favorite person. Don't let her for hurt me." <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Like, she instantly turns on the professor, and I thought they were going to do this weird thing where, like, she convinces them all that she's the traitor or something, and yeah. they all turn on her. Well, so here is the thing. Dita does want the ring, and she so she is double-crossing them, but... But it's like a mild double-cross. Very true. And winds up that Lucky has the ring. Right. Little bait and switch. And here's one thing that confused me. So Afra shoots Dita in the back. But she's okay doesn't though. Doesn't kill her. It was not a stun blast, but that's fine. Yeah, that was a little confusing to me. <laughs> but then we actually learn who the traitor is, and of course it is Lucky. Old Lucky Strike. Precious, Old Lucky Yes. My precious. So Lucky is working for, for Tag. And we find out, you know, a little later that it's, you know, there's some stuff with his brother and apparently his brother's like a degenerate gambler. (laughs) You're just doing all this work to pay off his debt. This is stupid. Well, Lucky is like a classic mercenary type um, who with the sort of archetype that he only cares about like his his, like a family, somebody close Mm -hmm. to him. That's all he cares about. And he'll do whatever it takes, you know, to save him or whatever. Well, the thugs, again, the hands didn't kill them, so they're back. 
Literally, we had one thug die from the laser. One gets kicked into an abyss. He's back. Yeah, he's he's back. He's fine. Dina didn't get her get him. I mean, um, and again, Lucky and his team kind of bury them in rocks. Well, they they bury this little hatch with rocks, and and they get away. Well, now Professor's like, you know what? I've had enough of all of your crap. Okay, I hate all of you. I've lost all faith in humanity. You all suck. <laughs> I like the Professor. She's she's funny. Yeah. But, you know, Dita is, you know, she's, she's a very vulnerable person. You know, she's a student. She's a kid. Mm-hmm. She obviously wanted something because she wasn't being taken seriously. But she's like, she's pretty downtrodden at this point. And uh, anyway, we, we do find that there is a way out to go through the garbage. <laughs> we haven't why seen not? this scene before. <laughs> not at all. But they are able to, you know, get out of, of their predicament predicament and uh, back to a ship. <laughs> However, classic style, the ship and the city are bombed. Um, yeah. Tag's fleet is, is there and they, they just destroy basically everything, which of course fits his MO because he d- destroys stuff. Last person, blah, blah, blah. Um, moving on here, Lucky does bring a ring to tag. Uh, of course you get the, that wasn't the deal we made. Pray I don't alter it further. Okay. This is, this is a plot point that I don't like going forward. I don't want to like jump too far ahead and mention some things, but like his issue is that he only brings him one of the two rings and he doesn't bring him the doctor, but he has the other ring. I, I think so, true. Like, how are you gonna punish him for doing something that is literally impossible? Well, I just and, thought and, that was kind of stupid. Yeah, he's a bad guy, but I just thought it was kind of stupid. Well, Maybe and that to was the, just his way of bargaining and then being able to retract some of the payment. I don't know. So he, here's the thing. Yes, the Darth alludes to something we learn much later. Tag actually does have one of the rings, which was like a yeah. family heirloom. The issue is, in my mind, he wanted the doctor because he wanted to vaporize the rings in front of the doctor because that's how he gets off. He's a weird dude, all right? Very. So I, I don't think it, you know, the ring it wasn't a huge deal. I think he, I think if he would have brought the doctor, I think that Lucky probably would have gotten whatever. I don't think he would have brought up the ring at that point, but I think he was more angry that he didn't bring the doctor. Maybe. That's just what I'm thinking. But I, I understand what you're saying. Well... We can't uh, we can't end this without a without a Doctor Aphra plan. They do find uh, an old ship that is able to fly, and they are in quotations captured by Tag's forces that are still patrolling the planet. And we move into into issue five, which you know what? Honestly, most of the covers in this lineup are pretty cool. Even yeah, issue yeah, five. I feel like we had more cool. issues with every other comic line than this one with the covers. They're all very well done. Yeah. In their own way. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So issue five, um, we are brought to 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 uh Ronin's here at, at Canto Bite. Can't forget Canto Bite. Canto Bite. Rich people up oh, Canto Bite. Yeah, exactly. And this is where we get the reveal that that. Ronan did indeed have the other ring. <coughs> and here's here's kind of an interesting thing. So here's Afra's plan. 
she wants to test the rings in quotations. So her plan is give both of the rings to the professor, put her in your disintegration chamber. If, you know, if the lore is right, then she'll survive. And now you have two rings and you're like a God dude. But if she doesn't, then you've set out to do what you wanted to and you destroy the stuff and you've killed the doctor. So you should really, you should really be able to have a nice time in your bathroom tonight or whatever he does after that. But here's the thing. Okay. Two things. One, I saw the, twist coming a mile away on this sure yeah two as a character he wouldn't have done that he would not have sent her in there with those rings do you know why because his thing is being the last person to touch the uh, artifact well yeah, so true. he wouldn't get his little pleasure kick from that unless he like put gloves on her and then touch the rings and then put them on I mean, I, I yeah, I think that's, <laughs> I definitely think that's being very finite about it. It's true, true, but yeah, yeah, especially for a comic. I get that. It's just, you know, you try and build a character with all these quirks, then you kind of just, you don't focus on the quirks anymore. It just kind of bugs me. Yeah. But no, it, I'm being very nitpicky here. Yeah, no, I'm with you. However, uh, you know, Afra again with her plan, her little droid's doing some work and apparently like still produces a beam of light, but it doesn't like disintegrate her or something. Yeah. Sure. Technology. Just like the blaster shot in the back. <laughs> right. Although this is actually explained, at least. Huh? At least this is actually explained. Yeah, true enough. Well, anyway, Ronan has both rings now, so he's like super cool. Oh, dude, I've got my rings and everything. I'm like invincible I'm not destroying these now, yeah. Well, this is when Afra's second part of her plan, she punts him into the... Uh, <laughs> the automatic door room where he can't get out. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, gosh, you talk about Dr. Afrin and her violence. She's basically going to disintegrate him. Right. Um, Dita is going all Baraka. And we'll say that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, like poisoning. <laughs> just kind <laughs> poisoning. of, again, shows how stupid these thugs are. Like, how did it, How does she not get shot? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. Um and then we do have an explosion here, you know, with with Ronan effectively caught in that. And they get away. They basically mm-hmm. get away. Uh, we do see Lucky's brother in this one, though. He's gambling, as we kind of said before. But Afra and friends are able to escape. And there you go. Uh, you know, she gets an attaboy. I'm proud of you from the professor. And... You know, Dita's like, you know, I'd hug you, you know, Professor, but I think my ribs are bruised. So they're back to being friends. Mm. And the Professor stole something, which is, you know, super sick. And they're basically done. They're basically done with the Professor and and Dita, which I thought was kind of a little unceremonious. But Mm -hmm. now, okay, let's talk about these rings, though. So Ronan is technically alive. Right. He's just very badly burnt. You know what that reminded me of a little bit? Two Face. <laughs> no, I was, I was, you know, I was doing the old Austin Powers with Will Ferrell. If you remember <laughs> yeah. that one, yeah, I'm still alive. I'm just very badly burned. <laughs> so they do take him away, but he 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 speaks. He doesn't have the rings on anymore. Um, and uh, Lucky does take. 
I believe it's the Ring of Fortune, right? Is that the the red yes. ring? Yep. But he doesn't take the Ring of Immortality. So here's mm-hmm. here's a question, which we do not get answered here necessarily. Is Ronan still alive? Right. At this point, I felt like he was. Yeah. Well, the very final part of this issue is that we do see uh, Lady Domina, who is kind of like the the matriarch of the the Tag family, and Mm -hmm. she is now after Dr. Aphra. Moving on into episode six. Oh, let's see here. We get an insect bounty hunter. (laughs) Yes. And uh, effectively, this comic is actually pretty easy to explain. But essentially, we we get um, we get a, we get Domina, who is you know kind of like kind of running the universe. We do we do get a couple panels of what looks like dead Ronin, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's dead. Mm-hmm. I'm I think we'll see him again. No, like I, I think I that there will be alive. some credence to the rings. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that it'd be kind of interesting if we get to see Lucky slowly go insane, which I don't I don't know. With the way they explain the city, it almost feels like the city's what makes you go insane, not the ring. Actually, good point, because they did say that it was actually like a um, like a safety mechanism for those who created the rings. It was actually the right. city driving them insane. But. I mean, still, do we know if the rings do anything? Right, because did know. anyone ever actually... Clearly, the ring's still there. Did anyone get the ring out of the city long enough to test and see if it's the city or the ring? That's what true we're going to find out, hopefully, in the next few uh, issues coming up. Very true. So the majority of this particular comic can be summed up pretty quickly. Afra is captured. Lucky, Bug Guy are taken to, to Domina. And... Again, like Afra always being the one-up, she does take out the insect guy with his own yeah. poison darts, takes his blaster. But the thing is that Domina didn't bring Afra here to kill her. She brought her here for a job. And right. she doesn't care at all about her nephew, which Ronan was her nephew. Doesn't care at all about him. Basically, like, that was a test to get right. you here. Can you take care of him? Here you go. Um, but as prepared as Afra likes to be, Domina is also very well Ten prepared. Ten steps ahead, you could say. Yes. Especially when they're having their little meeting. It's like, well, I mean, why don't I just shoot you? Yeah. So she does sort of have like that little energy field of no oxygen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I liked her or not. Like she mentions, it's like him. It's just like him. Well, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it's kind of like that um, PTSD issue, a bit. Well, it's that issue of being powerless that she struggles with against more powerful people because she doesn't have the force. She doesn't have, like, the technology to, like, I don't know, choke people. <laughs> so I, I do. I think I think it's a bit of, of that powerless thing that y- you, we saw pretty prevalently in the audio drama, her struggle with that. Um, but anyway, we get this job which is to retrieve the path engine from a nihil ship Mm -hmm. so what we know now and what we wouldn't have known then but what we know now the paths of the nihil came from effectively a force ish sensitive uh navigator um 
who was a part of the Santeca clan. Uh, what mm-hmm. was her name? Do you remember her name still? Uh, is it don't like, worry. <laughs> is it like Anne, Anna or something like that? Uh, I can't remember. It's, you know, it's been a while since we've, we've done High Republic, but mm-hmm. effectively, you know, the Nihil or uh, our one, uh, the I, um, was using the Santeca effectively to create paths mm-hmm. or, or chart paths. So the uniqueness of their drive wasn't anything to do with their drive. It was the paths that they right. were able to plot to take, which caused trouble, you know, which is kind of what the great disaster was about because effectively a Nihil ship and uh, a carrier ship collided yeah, in light space, basically. Yeah. So all the pieces of that ship broke apart and were still traveling at light speed, which the impacts would cause massive, massive events and kill a lot of people. Legitimately, even before you knew it happened, if you were on the ground, like we had mm-hmm. the one scene. But anyway, you can go back and hear about the High Republic. We, we've done those books, book reviews, or just read them for yourself. But anyway, they think it's a drive, like it's a mechanism, mm-hmm. which it isn't. We already know this, but they don't know this yet, right. which this is point, kind of the advantage of us. There's literally nothing they can do to recreate this, which, thank God, because that would just destroy this timeline if no that doubt. was available. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So anyway, um, Afra is heading to Corellia to meet up with Sana Stars, and we do get a pretty cool uh, panel of her at the very end. You know, kind of showing her off. And that was one of the things that I said with the audio drama. It's like, can we just do like a Son of Stars story? Right. And I did a little bit of uh, research on her character outside of Afra. There's really not a whole lot. But like she supposedly at one point claimed to be married to Han Solo. And she was a decent, decently high up member of the Rebellion for a short time. And, you know, she's definitely an interesting enough character to go over. I would love to see more about her. Yeah, and, and if I remember correctly, we did get a little bit of that in in the audio drama because she was effectively working for Leia, right? At the time, so yes, but yeah, she did have the the point where she you know had kind of lied about being married to Han Solo. Um, issue seven. Now I remember when I went to the comic shop. The guy there had ordered like several issues of this. Apparently, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know the artist, but apparently, he really geeked out about the artist of this co- of this cover. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, the cover's good. But if I actually look at, I mean, I think Sauna was done really well, but I think that this Afra is like least like Afra as I would picture her. Yeah, I would agree with that. Y- y- you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It, it It's not bad, but like I just I look at the other covers. And again, like I said, my favorite cover was four. And I think that they really accentuated sort of like the Asian influence and everything, which I, you know, I think is is, yeah. is great. But four had the most most uh, time put into the art aspect of it. I mean, it's just it's a, a beautiful sick character. cover, dude. Beautiful it's character. such a good cover. But I, I just I don't know I feel I feel like this is like a completely different character on this. Well, cover. there's just there's no emotion. It's just a very blank, bland drawing of her. I think. Yeah. Now here's here's the other thing though too. Issue eight 
was done by the same artist. Big difference, though, I would I would say. Yeah, I know. Because I love 8. Yeah. I think 8 really accentuates Afra. I don't know. There was just something. It's like they put so much into Sana Staros in this, which, again, sick. But I think it's like... Ran out of time for her. It's like, <laughs> the, yeah, it just doesn't... Whatever. Let's go ahead and jump in here. So we get kind of the meeting between uh, Staros and Afra. Afra just kind of lets herself in, making which making is, tea. I, I love this so much. It's super entertaining. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, is like, is as cute as like her and the professor's relationship was, it's, it's very, it's very clear to me that the actual, like, you know, kind of like almost soulmate level thing is clearly her and Sana. It's clearly Which, that. I mean, you can kind of blame that on the audio drama. We had so much time listening oh, to her true. talk about yeah. Sana. It's just, there's just so much character development there. Yeah, that's true. We probably are a little tainted from that particular write-up, but yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I, I think, uh, I think that it was really cool. I'm, I was, we, we could literally be saying that in like half of the seventy-five issues of the old series is about Eustacia and her <laughs> together. We could be complete idiots, right? Now. Well, yeah, it it just wasn't our wasn't our time. Yeah. So anyway, um, Sana does kick her out and so forth, but because she she effectively wants to. Uh, the real reason she's, well, I mean, they're all teary motives, but the main reason is she wants, in quotations, an introduction to Lady another Praxia. Pro- Proxima, right? Was Proxima. it Proxima? Yeah. Who, of course, we saw in, in Solo. Of course, of course, she wouldn't know her. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so we pick up back with Lucky as well, who's basically fired. His contract was with Ronan. That contract's mm-hmm. done. So he's he's fretting a little bit because again his brothers, he, he's not even like gamble. He's just playing the slots, dude. Right. What a terrible thing, man. It's like stop him. Just throw him in jail for a few days. Get him in the drunk tank or something. Well, he's like he's like a kid. But the problem is, is Lucky is an enabler, and instead of like dealing with the kid, he takes a job and he he's basically an assassin for. Uh, uh, was this Ren Delphus? When Wen Delphus, who's leader of the sixth kin? Yeah, kind of almost reminds you a bit of um, Trench. Ah, like, true. I think it, yeah, I, I'd be the same species. Truthfully, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, for me, I, I kind of that that does make sense. I kind of thought more like this was like a smaller Proxima. Oh, <laughs> yeah, could be. But who knows? Definitely seedy underbelly stuff. But he takes a job uh, to pay off his brother's debts, which apparently he's done multiple times. Right. And he's okay with doing. I mean, clearly this guy likes him. Yeah. Kind of messes with him a little bit, but it's he's definitely his favorite. Oh, yeah, definitely. There is, there is an interesting relationship between, you know, this leader and Lucky. It's almost um, like a Jabba Han relationship in a way. It's like, yeah, oh, very, I've, I've tried to kill you, but my boy, you're the best smuggler I have. Very true, dude. Very true. That's a good point. So we do uh, get back to Afra and Sana, and Afra, well, has somebody steal some like moldy looking donuts. <laughs> what what yeah. are these, dude? I got you some Dunkin' Donuts. You want some Dunkin' Donuts? Can you forgive me for some Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah. I, I like how they even put in bold. <laughs> 
bold, like bold lettering, sweet rolls. No, dude, yeah. that is a moldy. Like, like that is Skyrim a moldy sweet donut. rolls. What are we talking about right now? Sweet rolls. Oh, goodness. Well, she does get her introduction to Proxima, who, of course, already knows Afra, but she's you know, not very burnt. It's kind of odd. Nah, she'd she, be a little more sunburnt. She healed. It's cool, bro. Well, I in like return, the idea of Han just killing her in that movie, honestly. <laughs> nah, dude. Can't, I would have been okay with that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of a weird character. So, Afra offers her a priceless bracelet in order for some for some information about this, um, you know, potential drive spider, which leads us to another guy who I don't even think it's really worth mentioning. He's just getting beat up. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, those bracelets—they're bombs. How'd you take the time to paint all those? Like, well, that's what I was doing last night while I was waiting for you to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> well, Afrin's to, to get to the end of this comic because we are running a little long here. But Afrin and Staros do get away with a data pad, which allows them to figure out where this drive spider. I, I like calling it a drive spider because it's got little legs. <laughs> it's a drive spider. Yeah. Um. So they they get away with that, and they're on their way to find drive spider. So finally here, let's wrap up and go through issue eight real quick. And you know what? I got to say, the very first page, I actually do like that they they tell you who's all in this. They almost have like yeah, a, 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 like a character um, yeah, a little, uh, bounty credit page. Sheet. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. I actually do kind of like that. That's That's cool. All right. So we we get to... Um, uh, did we mention what planet this was? Did I blow past that in our previous episode or issue? Might have. I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't. Do, I don't care. Oh, uh, I don't care. But hey, there's one of those elephant dudes. <clears throat> like in yeah, Jabba's Palace, he's going to start favorites. playing the keyboard behind the bar. He's sick. And uh, yeah, I mean this. Uh, oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh, Dalhar Hyde. It's in the outer rim. Really kind of cool planet. It's full of very, like these almost very. like uh, Dr. Seuss trees. You know, like uh, what, what was yeah. the tr- what was the one with the trees? Was that Felicia. the um, not no, my dude, the, the the Dr. Seuss book. Which one was? Oh, the- I'm sorry, I was thinking Star Wars. <laughs> no, man, the um, y- you know where the 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 Sneeds and the stupid sweaters yeah. and the the. Uh whatever the mustache guy who had to teach the stupid guy a lesson. And then, yeah. And then eventually there was like a tree, like, you know, another kid who like, blah, blah. I, I can't re- Anyway, it doesn't Man, I feel like we've all blocked out one or two Seuss stories because we well, Dr. Seuss is like, Dr. Seuss is like canceled now anyway, isn't he? So it doesn't matter. Dr. Seuss was just like mild horror in a way it's like I'll super be honest, creepy stuff i'll be honest i was never a huge fan of dr seuss books as a kid i i like I shell silverstein either. like his poem books better mm-hmm. anyway this is an interesting lost, like half our audience i don't care but it's okay. where, where the sidewalk ends was sick so this is actually kind of an interesting thing and i and i think i feel like this is going to come up again in a book because we have this planet that is literally filled with nihil ships that had effectively like materialized in the trees. So I how it, that happened, right? Mm. And it makes me start to wonder if this was a battle and these things were shot down and they were just absorbed in the trees, 
or and, and I've been trying to remember his name, the the eye of the Nye Hill, Marcion Rowe. Marcion Rowe. I feel like I get an ulcer every time I say his name that way. <laughs> his yeah, his his vocal patterns in the audio drama were funny. If you haven't, yeah, well, anyway, so Marcion wrote, it's almost like, did he, was he trying to thin the herd and maybe gave them paths that, you know, led to their death? Right. And it's interesting because obviously we know in the book, it only happened once that we know of so far in the series, but Afra actually makes the comments like, yeah, this has been, this was happening all the time. It was just popping up all over the place. Like. I wonder if that was almost a rite of passage. Like, if you failed to be initiated, you'd get, like, a crappy ship and be sent off to a mission and just maybe just but get I, killed off. He, he, here's another thought. <coughs> maybe this was the Jedi solution to the Nihil problem. Maybe they were able mm, to, ha- like, hack in and, yeah. yeah. Like, maybe they were able to, in, like, yeah, hack in or something, give bad paths to the Nihil, which eventually led to their effective extinction you know it'd be sweet if uh what's our dude that's going to be the leading character in the next book that we're excited about of the trio oh my gosh uh yeah was it like rios or uh stellan geos stellan geos yep stellan geos has some crazy force powers and so does uh the other dude that does the rain thing yeah i know wouldn't it be kind of cool if they came up with like this crazy force power where they were actually able to hack into computers? Well, and the other thing too, to be a little bit more forcey about it, I mean, what if, what if he somehow like goes Pathfinder or or any of them could be Alvar Chris as well, but like mm-hmm. somehow they go like Pathfinder mode and literally take control of the Nihil ships, like going right. through war or war, right. Star Wars. Lightspeed and right. Star Trek, I meant uh, warp Star Trek's mm-hmm. light speeds here. Anyway, like somehow took control of it, their navigation or something, and just blopped them in, in the tree planet or something. Right. That'd be interesting, man. That'd be power, dude. Yeah. Or Woo-hoo! like, I feel like that would be opening up a big old can of worms. I feel like a easier yeah. way they deal with that is like, oh, they contacted, um, what's her name? And convinced her that Marcion's evil and. She just starts doing this to destroy the Nye Hill or something. Oh, you know what? And we can't discount her either because she's not dead. She's still alive. Right. What? If, yeah, what if someone did did finally get a hold of her and she's like, I'm going to give them bad pass. These SOBs have been using me for years, man. Or, I'm going to start screwing them. Or like she was always so nice and mild-mannered, like, maybe from the beginning she was like, this is BS. I, <laughs> and she, at one point she's like, Marcion, you've been a bad, bad boy. Oh, dude! <laughs> Time for you all to pay. That would be. Goodbye. That would be. You know, honestly, that would probably be one of the most satisfying endings to Marcion yes. Rowe. Yes. Like he's he's like on the cusp of like winning something, and then all of a sudden his ships just start materializing and blowing up or some yes. stuff like that, and he's looking around. What is happening? You've been a bad boy, Marcian. I've known all along. Yeah, and she just and takes herself out with him on the ship. It's like this is done. And I'm sorry, Dude. like with how with how he treated her, and I even mentioned it in our review. Like it was kind of some dark stuff for Star Wars. Yeah. That would be super satisfying. Dude, we've written the book. 
We've already we've yeah. already written the series. We already know how it ends. We don't need to read it anymore. We already know. We're about know. to get canceled. <laughs> we are about to get canceled. Dude, but honestly, that would be a would spectacularly satisfying end to Marshawn I would love Rowe. it. And then all the Jedi would just be like, yay, we won. Good for us. I, I, I need to. They, uh, wouldn't even, they wouldn't even know about her. Like, they wouldn't even know what happened. I need to look up her freaking name. Freaking amazing. I'm gonna try and find her name because I think we're talking we're talking so much about her that I I, I right. really think we need to. Uh, oh my goodness, this is gonna be this is gonna be hell. <laughs> this is this is gonna be hell finding this person's name. Just look up like High Republic Senteca, Martian Rowe, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god, but dude, dude. This is this is I don't wanna. Oh, that keeps. Are just, there that hey. many Sentecas? Truthfully, that'd be hard to filter through them. I don't know off the top of my head. This is a super efficient podcast. <laughs> well, you know when we come up with amazing ideas that Disney needs to pay us for on the spot, it's hard to be prepared. Yeah, no, I I I, I am like I know that this isn't this isn't the. Um, focus of this podcast but i really is it marcy Senteca? no that's not it trust me we'll we'll know it when when we hear it finally um this is so stupid dude <sighs> mari mari Santeca. mari so yeah i i think that it dude it would be fitting if mari Santeca just took control and she just she bopped them all. I got to say that that would be the most satisfying thing yeah. to me now. And if that doesn't happen, I am never watching Star Wars again. <laughs> Isn't that sad that that would be the most satisfying thing that Disney has done other than like bringing Luke back for a minute? <laughs> no, dude, I mean there's plenty of satisfaction in Star Wars, but I got to say like, yeah, now that that's in my head, now that me and kind of you have like now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, now I I really want her to take her revenge. Oh, dude. Okay, so we got to finish this comic here. We also learned that apparently Doctor Afra like still can't, you know, climb anything. Her D ring snaps. What is up with that? Right. How that made no sense. It wasn't How? a mistake by her. It literally just snapped. Yeah. It, it was almost like Sana tried to kill her. <laughs> Couldn't blame her. And listen, she literally bops on like her neck. She she got tombstone pile drived. Okay, right. The Undertaker like took her down below. Okay, she he buried her in the casket. All right, that's some WWF stuff there. It, it was almost some anime stuff. How ridiculous it was that she didn't die. <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. But like I mean, there's two stuff. <laughs> well, there's a lot of sur- surviving explosions, which is just ridiculous. So anyway. We do get uh, a bit of a pause in the action to find uh, Lucky, uh, you know, just killing a dude. Singing. Just singing. Yeah, that was kind of It didn't seem like him to me. Yeah. Like, I like the idea of an assassin enjoying his job and acting like it's so normal. I like that character trope, but I don't think it works with Lucky. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we we just really haven't had a lot of time with him yet. Um, then by the we, way, we do get a little scene with our uh, 
canto bite horse things that you oh, know, dude, so, yeah. were so important. I, I was going to gloss past that. But we Sorry, do also, <laughs> it's fine. We do also meet a new character, a lieutenant in the six can, Arioli U. I don't know. Sure. Something like that. Um, apparently, they're very well acquainted. I mean, like Lucky calls calls this person sweetheart. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. It's like like that bruise I put on your brother. It's like really. Yeah, I, I mean, I assume we're gonna meet. You know, figure out more about this character and and if you know whatever if it's just like a playful thing or if they're I don't know doing I don't know but we'll see we'll see moving on Afra's doing some cutting and splicing and they figure out that you know basically the spider thing is is kind of nothing right doesn't even have the right hyperdrive I believe it says yeah for what they were looking for and it'll be interesting to see if throughout the the pace of this comic that Afra learns about the paths, like how it really happened, or if it's um, just going to stay a secret. Well, you know, there was going to have to be a way to mold this into our current timeline. So, again, I feel like out of all the characters to expound on it, an archaeologist makes sense. It does. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, um, some more thugs show up. I just more don't care. About thugs. I don't care about these hired thugs. They're all red shirts. Yeah, they kind of it to me. Unfortunately, they are. Afra's trying to download information. They're getting yeah, shot the way, at. The, elephant guy's elephant dead. Dude. That's that's crap. Yeah, what a terrible thing. Everybody in the bar's dead. You know. Effectively, we end this comic with the potential that <laughs> that the doc and and Sana are like plummeting to their death as well. Her did her they little die? Ga- no, yeah, because her- they scroll one page over and they show the next <laughs> issue. It's like obviously they didn't die. Well, true, but you know her uh, Sana's little Gatling gun didn't, or you know grapnel didn't yeah. uh, quite do what it was supposed to do. Went a little if limp we noodle survive on them. this, I swear I'm buying one of those. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, our last panel. Well, I always figured I'd die with you. That's not the plan. Yeah. Do you trust me? No, not at all. Good. Technically not our last panel because we get our, we get our thugs like nobody could survive that. See? Yeah. The most generic line ever. Yeah. So let's, let's do a little bit of an overarching rating here. Um, for, for our first couple of issues in our kind of fortune and fate with the rings, what did you think about that? Do you th- I mean, do, do you want to, well, do you, let's give ratings per like series. So the first actual okay. like five, the first arc, what would you give that? Say you want to do it out of five or out of 10? Uh, what do we, what have books we are kind of like comics and we do books on a scale of five. Do out of five. Okay. Yeah. Let's do five. Honestly, this was probably my favorite of the three. So I'd give it like a four and a half. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was definitely, it had a Raiders vibe yeah. to it. I liked it. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, I kind of got that, you know, 
kind of like Indiana Jones sort of thing, and that was uh, that was fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I actually would probably agree. I think a four or five is is pretty good uh, for for that sort of first arc. Um, it felt it felt pretty nice, you know, because again, we don't know much about Afra, but it was a good good view into Afra. Mm-hmm. So again, the engine job is not complete. We still have one more comic, uh, so I don't think we should rate it now. But what's your what's yeah. your vibe about this second arc? I'm iffy with High Republic still. Uh, what I'm kind of hesitant to give a rating at all because what I feel like it's a good rating now, when we get three more High Republic books, might be a terrible rating, and it was actually a really good piece of information. So I'm going to be pretty forgiving with it. Well, see, I don't think we should give it a rating right now. Because we're not... I'll say that I'm I'm interested in it. It it has kept my interest. Yeah, for me, I do think it's more of a prop for the books because, again, this series, the first one came out the 25th of November, then the 20th of January when High Republic was released somewhere in January. And then we're getting after the fact, after some of the um, High Republic has sort of been out. So, you know, for me, I, I'll i say this. I think that it's interesting, but I also, you know, kind of am ready for the next sort of arc. Yes, and the only reason I say that is because I don't really particularly think that everything should be utilized to prop up High Republic. High Republic's either good or it's not. You either enjoy it or you don't. I, I just don't see the need to have everything point to it. Right, and to me, the part of that series that's interesting, or that arc is interesting, is um, our patriarch of the, or matriarch of the family. Um, yeah. I think she's a pretty interesting character. I'm interested to see what goes on with her and how she ties into other characters in that timeline, you know, what... What's the big deal about her? Why is she important? Right. Well, the the only thing that I'm worried about is because the next arc is labeled War of the Bounty Hunters. So I feel like we're just going to like dust the, t- the dust the tag family off for a while and then deal with this War of the Bounty Hunters thing when it's like, you know, but maybe I just want to see the story go. And yeah. and honestly, for me, the most interesting thing is, you know, the relationship between Afra and Sana. Like, right. I wanted right. more Sana Staros after the audio drama, and now I'm getting it in, at least in comic form. So, can yeah, we just have them do cool stuff? One more issue. And I feel it. I kind of feel it. Like they she's gonna go away for a little while. Well, I yeah, I doubt it. But yeah, I mean, you never know. Obviously. So we'll see. We will see. Mm-hmm. But an interesting start. I, I think, uh, I don't know, man. I think this was a better start than the audio drama. I would agree. Yeah. I didn't feel fatigued at all. And I literally read them back to back. You know, I didn't just no doubt. spread it out. So, yeah, I enjoyed every bit of it, truthfully. There were, again, there were some little things. If you're getting really nitpicky, which you probably shouldn't with a comic series. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately the storytelling is pretty good in it. The character development is it's too early to really talk about character development. I mean, we don't get much with big K and you know, Lucky's <laughs> just kind of eh for right now, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So anyway, folks, I think that's about it for the comics. Um, man, man, anything else we want to chat about before we kind of start the sign off? I think we're ready to wrap up. All right. Well, you guys know what to do. Make sure to follow us on all the social medias at TC plan podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, 
Um, you can also send us emails. Let us know what you thought about uh, you know any of the stuff we're going over, any topics that you think should be discussed on the podcast. We'd be more than happy to hear from you. Again, uh, as far as emails, if you want to do a little bit more long form, tcplanpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear. Again, love to hear from you. And, you know, we'll discuss what we can. If you have a have a good thought or good theory or reaction to what we're doing, we'd love, again, how many times do I have to say it? We'd love to hear from you, okay? Just talk to us. <laughs> we're lonely. So, yeah, we're lonely. Anyway, so that is it for this week. You guys have a great rest of your week. And as always, 